eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. One more segment coming at you in this year's special edition of Inside Black and Gold. Just a reminder, we're going to get back into the normal publishing schedule. You'll get to hear another voice on here that is not mine coming up. Steve Geller has been on vacation, but he will return and have some takes. So you just don't have to hear me preaching to you every episode. But for this segment, I'm going to get into a little bit more content. We would typically have this at the top of the episode, but because of how it all worked out, I felt like we wanted to get into the sports talk version first, and we're going to have a bit more of that in the back end of this segment and get into the running back battle. We talked to Jamal Williams. He had some really kind of interesting quotes about Alvin Kamara and such, but let's just kind of kind of clear the decks here on the final two days of minicamp. Obviously, the first episode last week was breaking down the first day, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But, you know, there were some interesting things that came out. One being Dennis Allen kind of talked about the health of that group, of the entire roster. He said that only one player would be listed as questionable for the start of training camp. I tweeted that out, and there was immediately a lot of guesses as to who that might be. I don't think it's Michael Thomas. It could be Trevor Penning. He and Cesar Ruiz both had hardware removed from their feet to repair that Liz Frank injury that they suffered late in the season. So I don't think it's either of them either. You know, it could be Penning because I think he's probably a few weeks behind Caesar in terms of the rehab. But but if they had the hardware removed at the same time, that would indicate to me that they're on the same kind of general schedule. Now, Caesar was not out there this week. He was out there at all three OTA sessions. He was not this week for just kind of viewing, right? He wasn't supposed to work out, but Trevor Penning, Nick Saldaveri were both out there. So it makes you wonder if there was some sort of re-aggravation. I don't know. There hasn't been any indication of that. So I would guess it's not either of them. I don't think it's Mike Thomas either. We've seen him kind of progressively get a bit more involved in terms of he's been working off to the side with Derek Carr for small portions of each of these practices. And on fr- on Thursday, the final day of practice, I thought he was moving really well. If he had had any kind of setback, 
which there would have to be for him not to be ready for training camp because that's what we've heard all along is that he is going to be expected to go on day one of training camp. If there was a setback, I don't think he would be out there working with Derek Carr at this point. So I don't think it's Mike Thomas. My guess, and this is just a guess, but I think I'm right, is that the player that would not be ready is probably Anthony Johnson, the defensive back, who we have not seen in terms of being on the field throughout the entire minicamp, right? So, and if that's the case, then for a guy that, if, if the only player that is questionable is the depth defensive back that no one really knows about, I think that's probably a win. The other two players that will be worth watching, although it's been said to be minor, Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave. Rashid Shahid was not out there any of the three days for practice. He's dealing with a groin injury. It's said to be minor. He's been in the locker room. We've talked to him. Does not seem major whatsoever, so I don't think it's him. And then Chris Olave is dealing with what Dennis Allen described as minor Achilles inflammation. He was out there watching practice, not in uniform. He was wearing a hoodie. I don't think that his absence is anything to be super concerned about. Cam Jordan also missed a couple of days of practice with a minor heel issue. According to Jeff Duncan, he was out there on Thursday. He's going to be fine. So all in all, I think that is a very clean bill of health, even if there is one player, if it does end up being Trevor Penning, who's just a few days behind in his rehab or Cesar Ruiz. One way or another, I think you're feeling comfortable there. Another thing worth noting, and we did talk about this in the opening segment of the sports talk portion of the program is the Saints did sign three players. They signed Billy Price, who is an interior lineman, primarily a center, but he has played all three interior line spots in his time with the Bengals. He was the 21st overall pick way back, I want to say, in the 2017 draft. And, you know, it's just more depth at a premium position. I think this Saints team loves guys who can go from guard to center, can play either guard spot. I don't know what he's looking at in terms of prospects to make the roster, but considering Nick Saldaveri has been kind of a no-go, a non-starter in these practices, and I don't know how long the calf injury is expected to keep him out, I think that's good depth. They also signed Kiki Kuti and Lynn Bowden Jr. They cut Malik Flowers kick return specialist, and running back Sir Roderick Thompson. Malik Flowers is a bit of a surprise, but I think when all is said and done, you're signing Kiki Kuti and Lynn Bowden, and you are cutting Malik Flowers because you are looking to find your stable backup kick returner. And I just have to guess that Malik did not do enough, was not consistent enough in the return part of the game to justify a roster spot and you know when you look back at what happened these these roster moves were announced after the final practice and when you look back at how things developed in those practices you probably could have guessed this was coming even though it's a bit of a surprise because I think Malik Flowers has looked solid in team drills they were giving Kiki QT and Lynn Bowden virtually all of the, the return reps right and Malik Flowers is not here to be a receiver he is here to be a return specialist behind Rashid Shahid if he makes this team, makes this roster. And him not getting those reps is a pretty good indicator that they were kind of out on him to some extent. So I think when you're looking at one of these guys, I think one of Kiki Kuti, when Bowden has a really good chance to make this roster, whoever kind of stands out in the return game and is stable, right? You want that backup returner to not necessarily be dynamic, but you have to trust him, right? Because we've talked about the new kickoff rules that allow you to fair catch the ball. 
basically the only way you can get that wrong is by muffing a fair catch because you cannot pick that up and advance it if you muff it. If you muff that at the one, even if you recover it, you're getting that ball at the one. So to me, I think that's probably what ended Malik's run on the roster in terms of maybe he muffed a couple kicks. I don't know. Either way, I I think Kiki Kuti is probably the best guess. Lynn Bowden is an interesting guy as well. Either way, those guys are on the roster. Malik Flowers, Sir Roderick Thompson are off the roster. One thing I did not get to talk about in the first episode of last week that really kind of developed and I think is something to watch going into camp. I talked about the CB2 matchup in terms of Paulson Debo and Alante Taylor. It's going to be intriguing. The next question is, do you have enough at linebacker without making any significant moves or roster changes going into training camp, going into the regular season? I think that this team is hopeful that they do. They did not sign anybody. They did not draft anybody. DeMarco Jackson was a fifth-round pick from last year. I think this team wants to get a good, long look at him. He's been working at the mic, and I think that's where you're going to see him play. I think you're going to see him kind of shadow DeMario Davis, and I've talked about this in the past. I like the concept of teams using what I would call, this is my term, not the team's, pipeline positions, right? Like, I want to see... The Saints bring in somebody that they like and let him shadow DeMario Davis so that when DeMario Davis does inevitably retire, you have a guy who has been studying at his feet, has been learning everything he could possibly learn from DeMario Davis so that he has a much better chance to succeed when he does get an opportunity to take over, right? You saw this with Caden Ellis. I think Caden Ellis is a different player today than he would have been if he was not able to study and learn from DeMario Davis, and it turned it into a very lucrative contract with the Atlanta Falcons. So I think the Saints want to get that chance with DeMarco Jackson. But my question is, who's backing up Pete Werner? Because I don't think your backup Mike linebacker is your backup Will linebacker. I think you need someone who can cover, right? I'm okay at the Sam position. You barely use it, and Zach Bond's going to be fine. That's a position you use in run support. That's a position you use to rush the passer in your kind of heavy defensive formations. I am not concerned about who's going to back up Zach Ball, and I'm not concerned about who's going to start there. I feel okay with it. My question is, who is going to back up Pete Werner? And right now, is it Nephi Sewell? Is it Andrew Dowell? Is it Anthony Orgy? Is it Nick Anderson? I don't know, but I have not seen enough from any depth linebacker to say, yeah, we're good. We don't need to do anything there. Hmm. You know, on, on the final practice, I actually thought you saw a bit more out of them. I spoke previously about Nick Anderson after OTAs. I think he has been struggling a bit more than you would hope to see in coverage. And I only say that, I think I'm holding him to a higher standard there because he doesn't have the size to be able to hold up as a traditional NFL linebacker. He's got to be almost like a hybrid safety, like a Mark Barron type, even a Landon Collins, who is almost like a, a box safety slash linebacker who you no can hold up in coverage and can also go up and lay the wood on somebody because he is that linebacker build, even if he's a little smaller. But he just hasn't done enough. He did have a, a solid pass breakup on an Alvin Kamara route in the final day of team drills. Cool. Anthony Orgy is a guy I like. He's not a cover linebacker, but he did have some nice moments. He shadowed Brian Edwards to the edge of the field, broke up a pass in team drills. He's been getting the second team linebacker reps. So I think if you're picking somebody right now who has a chance to make this roster, it's it's Orgy. It's a, and it's a guy I, I liked going into OTAs in minicamp. Still a guy I like, although 
I've kind of talked myself into thinking if there's a depth linebacker, if there's a veteran that is available or becomes available that you want to bring in to really push those guys and have a chance to make the roster, I, I think you're going to you're gonna look long and hard. Maybe a Zach Cunningham, I don't know. I haven't really had a chance to go through that depth. But one way or another, I think linebacker is a position that if you're, if you're looking at any group and saying we probably could make some moves there, make it a depth signing, that's probably it. Beyond that, you know, the big takeaway from from minicamp for me, Derek Carr looks every bit like the real deal. I think this team is optimistic. I think there's a lot of really good chemistry going on, and I'm excited to watch what they have in training camp. I'm excited to go into the regular season. I'm cautiously optimistic that this is going to be the turnaround year for this team and kind of a palate cleanser, I think, is a good way to describe it from the Breeze era where you just haven't, you just want to see them Put a, put a product on the field that gives you confidence that this team can turn back the clock and, and recapture some of that magic from the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. Because if you can't, then you really probably have to tear it down and start from scratch. And that's just, ugh, I don't want to have to do that. I don't have to deal with that. Saints fans don't want to have to deal with that. The team doesn't want to have to deal with that. It would be much nicer if you could kind of reset and rebuild while being competitive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And that's what a successful Derek Carr would allow you to do. So that's what I'm hoping for. But without further ado, let's get into that final segment between myself and Charlie. We dive into the running back equation and more specifically Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller and how they have how they could be deployed to fill that gap right between Alvin Kamara and everybody else. And what happens when Alvin Kamara gets suspended? If and when he gets suspended, it feels more like a when than an if. Can Jamal Williams fill that gap? I'm hopeful. But here is that clip between myself and Charlie. Enjoy. Oh, this little boy is like a, how can I put it? Like a spark plug. He just, that boy just, just get loose so fast. His acceleration is just crazy. Like he just be chilling and then he just turn it on. It's just so funny. I, I just love the way he run. It's just so effortless and just, it's just him. So, you know, but me is, oh, you can tell. I'm, if you, if you look at my faces, oh yeah, I'm putting as much effort as I can. I'm not a cool looking person. I'm all grit and effort and as ugly as it can get at running back. That's me right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was New Saints running back Jamal Williams talking about the difference between himself and Alvin Kamara. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Charlie Long. And uh, Charlie, what do you think when you hear that answer? <laughs> he's going to be a fan favorite here. Like, he is so fun and just, just from hearing him, he's so personable and just, cr- like, I don't know. He's, he's one of a kind. But as far as his comparison with Alvin and everything, it's like a sports car. I think that's, yeah. I think that's kind of what he was getting at. He's Alvin Kamara on the field. It's just a high energy like sports car that will go as fast as possible with as little effort as possible. Alvin Kamara is like a Formula One car. Yeah. 
Jamal Williams is like a like a like a muscle car, like a tank. Like yeah. you can hear it. He's gonna go fast, but you're gonna it's gonna shake while it's happening. <laughs> and I think it's a good it's an apt description because that is true. Like Alvin Kamara, if you had to pick one word to describe his play style, it's smooth. Right, like you don't even realize how fast he's going and how quick he's getting in and out of his cuts because he just—it's effortless. And then you see Jamal, and it's like, yeah, he, you could tell he's working hard. He might—he's going to run through you, but he's going to be huffing and puffing while he does it. Um, and I just—I really enjoyed that. I really enjoy watching Jamal, and you know, he's going to have a big role because I'm pretty sure Alvin's going to get suspended at some point this season. I think that's a question at this point, Jeff. It's really just a question of when and when and how so long can Jamal Williams shoulder that load? We haven't really seen anything. Think from Kendra Miller yet? Obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of expectations. Third round pick, you know, you you don't spend that pick if you don't really like him as a Especially prospect. Especially the Saints. The Saints don't really like spending top three round draft picks on running back. So they yeah. obviously really really like the guy. I mean, we right. talked about that when they picked them months ago. But yeah, Kendra's probably going to be a feature back in the offense as well with Jamal. But having a bruising guy like Jamal Williams that you can really count on because. I mean, last year, it, when it was like those third and shorts, there was a lot of reliance on Taysom Hill to get it done. But having a guy like Jamal Williams that notoriously got it done last year with the Lions, I mean, what did he have, 17 touchdowns? He did. Uh, he, set a, he set a record. He broke Barry Sanders' record, actually. But I guess my question, I know what, that he can be that bruising power runner. The question I have is, can he be the early downs runner? Because that's what you're going to need him to do when – if Alvin is out, right? right? Like you do have Taysom. You can rely on Taysom in short yardage, but the question's gonna be who catches the ball out of the backfield? And I know Jamal can catch the ball, but yes. last year he only had, I think, twelve receptions on sixteen targets. Yeah, with the Lions. I, I think that was actually kind of I don't I don't even really understand why he did that because he showed that he could catch in Green Bay. Yeah. He had thirty nine catches one year. I think he had five touchdowns. He can catch. Um it's never been a huge part of his game, but he can do it. And I think that's going to be something that we will want to see develop with him and Carr. Um, you know, it, I think the difference is, you know, Alvin catches like a wide receiver, right? Jamal catches like a running back. And there's a difference, right? Like here, you're, you're kind of battling the ball and just trying to make sure you don't drop it. Whereas Alvin's trying to catch and run. And I think his ability to do that is going to be a very big factor in how much of a struggle those six, eight games are. Because if you suddenly lose your your running back receiving game while Alvin's out, eh, that's going to really hamper a lot of things you try to do on offense. Yeah, absolutely. But I, at the same time, I'm not entirely worried about Jamal's catching abilities because as you know, we mentioned, he did it in Green Bay. He's just got to be asked to do it. He wasn't asked to do it in Detroit because I, I think that DeAndre Swift was more of the catching back yeah. in that scheme where he was, you know, he played the bruiser role. He was the, the red zone guy, the goal line guy, the short yardage guy. I think he might have a slightly different role with the Saints, especially with Kamara out, as we were kind of talking about. Yeah, I think I guess I guess ability is one thing, and trust is the other thing. Like, do you trust him in those moments on a third down where you need to pick up five yards on a swing route? Do you trust him to just throw the ball out there? He's going to catch it. He's going to go get those yards. I think you trust him to make break a tackle. Do you trust him to catch it and, and not put the ball on the ground? That's the question. And it's not about whether I trust him. It's about where D- Derek Carr trusts him in those moments. So, yeah, and the coaching staff trusts him to put him in that position as well. Exactly. And those are going to be the questions we answer during training camp. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this special edition of Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for everyone who listened. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Leave a rating, leave a review. Again, I apologize to anyone who was looking for an episode on Friday. Just was not in the cards. It's been kind of a crazy week. But we should get back more to the regular schedule. Steve Gell is back from vacation, so we should hear his dulcet tones on the next episode of this podcast, which I expect to publish 
Wednesday, most likely. Steve wasn't out there at minicamp, so I need to give him a little bit of time to to reset and kind of catch up. Um, But we should have an episode Wednesday, Friday, and then get back to the normal two-episode-a-week schedule. But I did want to give everyone this kind of catch-up podcast. Hopefully, you're able to get something out of it. And I'm looking forward to this season. This was kind of a, a trial run, kind of a dry run to get us amped up for the full training camp. It's going to start at the end of July. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can continue to build up this podcast. So if you know anyone who's looking for a new Saints podcast who's really into the Saints or you know just wants to kind of get some more information about the Saints, please pass along. Give us, give us a recommend recommend us. How do you say that? You got it. Because everyone I've talked to about this podcast seems to enjoy it. It's really just a matter of getting it in front of people because I think that we're doing a decent job here. I think there's a product here that that we can continue to build on. So if you want to hear something, if there's something you want us to get into, especially over the next month when we're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for some content with the team out of town for the next six weeks, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube at WWL Sports. And keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold Rating coming back later in the week with my updated 53-man roster projection after minicamp. Going to definitely be some changes on there, although not a ton. Either way, we'll break it down. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hoot at. Happy Father's Day. And be easy, y'all. Peace.